holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Well, praise God, everybody. We're excited for what the Lord's doing right now in this season. And if we didn't know this by now, for many who may have been unprepared for this, 2024, I mean, this means war. As soon as we cross the threshold, New Year's, into 2024, right away, uh, many people started to understand quickly that this was not like any other year. You know, there there were unbelievable, strong weather patterns that began to come in, uh, especially in areas that were, it was not predicted for those storms to come into those areas. Here uh, in the Northeast part of the United States, uh, where we are, there were a tremendous rainfall, a tremendous rainfall. There was flooding, all these types of things that are completely not characteristic for this time of year. We usually get some light snow, things of that nature, but all of a sudden it was like strong winds. There was, there was flooding. It was, we'd never seen anything like that before in our region. And it wasn't just our region, uh, not just even in the United States, but many other regions experiencing just strange weather patterns. Not just that, but warfare on a level that they had not experienced before. So 2024, for those who do not realize this, this is absolutely a time of war. There is a clash of kingdoms. There is the kingdom of light. There is the kingdom of darkness on the world stage. I mean, this means war. It's the best way we could express it, right? There are wars, there are rumors of wars. We we see the headlines again, no stop to the the war uh, between Russia and Ukraine. There's no end in sight at least currently uh, or a ceasefire in the situation between Israel and the terrorists in in Gaza, Hamas and the Houthis from Iran you know, functioning you know, between Iran and Yemen. Uh, there's also you know continually this issue between Azerbaijan and Armenia. You know, there is obviously this looming issue with China threatening to take Taiwan. All these things going on in the world scene. The United States, rumors of, of war, uh, potentially with Yemen, potentially war with Iran, all these different scenarios going on. And a lot of it, I mean, started before 2024, but as we've crossed this threshold, 
there must be an understanding that this is not like any other time we've we've been in before, okay? And as the Christian, as a Christian, as a man or woman of God, we must, 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 must be ready for battle. We must be ready uh, to stand in our armor, that it's like it says in Ephesians chapter 6, we must realize that our response can't be, oh no, let's go run and hide somewhere. It can't be to have fear or trepidation for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. It must be to respond to what I believe God is calling for right now, which is for his holy army to arise. His holy army to arise. You know, there's many times in scripture we see battles going on. There's many times in scripture that we see wars going on. We see this all the way back in the book of Genesis. We see this throughout the Old Testament uh, specifically. And there are keys, there are characteristics of an army, and there are keys in strategy. If we're not unified, we can't stand. This principle is established over and over and over again in scripture. 2024, the Lord spoke to me very strongly about this, that 2024 is a year where we need to come together like never before as the body of Christ. Different streams uh, all across the body of Christ, but all coming from one river. And so there are a lot of people who have kind of been in their own thing going on here. I've got this going on and I've got this right and everybody else has it wrong. You know, that's not unity in the body of Christ. You know, as long as we can agree with Jesus Christ, him crucified, him resurrected, that we are saved only by grace through faith. It's not anything that we can do. We're not saving ourselves. We can't save ourselves. As long as we've got the proper doctrines of Christianity, all the other things are non-salvation issues. And we should be able to work together, even though we may not, we may differ. Uh, I don't believe the Lord's will was ever for there to be all these different denominations. We've got denominations. What is a denomination? A denomination is simply a, a group of people who didn't agree with strongly enough with certain principles from scripture that were previously spoken. So they started to emphasize other areas in scripture above others, saying that this part is better or this is more important than this. And then they formed a group of people that would come alongside of them, gathered together and said, okay, well now we're the church of this and we're, we're this church and we're this group now. And really, whether you're Methodist or whether you're Presbyterian uh, or, or whether you're full gospel uh, or whether you're apostolic or whether you're evangelistic, whether you're assemblies of God or whether you're Mennonite, you know, all these different, and just that's just to name a few. But as long as the people of God agree on sound doctrine, sola scriptura, you know, that, that we are absolutely and totally fully in love with Jesus Christ. We love him. We serve him. He is Lord of our life. We can't save ourselves. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth. As long as we are in line with proper doctrine and that we are in line with, you know, the tenets of what we understand the tenets of scripture to be, and really it all focuses on Jesus Christ, then we should be able to come together somehow, regardless of the peripheral things we may disagree on. We, we should still be able to come together somehow, agree on where we could agree and have unity in the body of Christ like never before. And beloved, it's going to take that. 
uh, for the days that are ahead. It, it really is. It's going to take that. You know, the Bible says in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars and all these natural disasters, all these different issues. The Bible says the earth is literally travailing like a pregnant woman because of the sin that's in it. And so one of the strategies that God has given us as, as his body is that we must be unified with one another. We must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, okay? We must come together to stir up love and good works. We can't have animosity in our heart. We can't think we're better than one group or the other group think they're better than we are or whatever. Absolutely not. We've got to come together in unity as the holy army of God. As those that submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Psalm 133 verses 1 through 3 says, How precious, how beautiful, how pleasant it is when the brethren or when the family of God dwells together in unity. It's like the precious oil poured down the head of Aaron, down the beard, all the way down the chest, all the way down the body, down to the feet. It's like the dew that descends from Mount Hermon upon Mount Zion. God says, there I've commanded the blessing life forevermore. And so if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling dead, if you're feeling down and out, if you feel like, you know, you're you're disjointed, God says, get in line with my order. God says, be in unity with your brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. God says, position yourself. 2024 speaks of a time of alignment into back to get in in line with what God has said in his word. And the Bible says in Revelation 19.10, plainly, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so if it doesn't stick to Jesus Christ, it not of God, plain and simple. There's all these deep revelatory, quote unquote, prophetic words that are going on. But I wonder how many, how many of those words are actually testifying of Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of those words are actually bringing people who don't know Jesus Christ to him or those who do know Jesus Christ bringing bringing them in a deeper a deeper reverence, a more close walk, deeper consecration to him. God has called for his holy army to arise for such a time as this. Isaiah 60, I'm paraphrasing, but Isaiah 60 talks about Zion, God's people. Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For kings shall come to the brightness of the rising of the Lord. Okay, sons and daughters shall come from afar off, and the camels shall come. So the Lord is saying that my people, Zion, okay, there's natural Israel. Then you've got the spiritual Jews, who is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Zion, all the people who love Jesus Christ, whether the Messianic Jews, whether they're the church, whatever correlation they have if they love Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is Lord of their life, Zion, Zion, God's people, arise and shine for your light has come. God is calling for his holy army to arise. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 32 through 38 says this, but recall the former days in which after you were enlightened, you endured a great struggle with sufferings partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains. 
and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Many scholars believe this is the Apostle Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews. Other scholars may think it was Apollos or another apostle. I lean toward the understanding that it's the Apostle Paul because Paul talked about his chains. He said, for you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. That's talking about the return of the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, listen to this. If anyone draws back, my soul, God says, has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We're not those that draw back to the old habits, the old bondages of sin. We do not those who draw back to perdition, but we are those who march forward. We're those who continue to believe. We're those who believe to the saving of the soul. There's a whole theological principle out there. It's called soteriology. It's the study of salvation. There's a, a whole bunch of professors and everybody who really unpack this stuff. And, and one of the key points, and I believe that this is absolutely biblically accurate. You know, we are a three-part being, and so we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a fleshly, physical body that covers our spirit and our soul. And so, God saves every part of us. And so, when you were born again, when you repented and believed in Jesus Christ, your spirit was saved. Our soul is being saved through the process of something called sanctification, that is us yielding to the Holy Spirit, that is us submitting ourselves before the Lord and Him washing us and cleansing us as we yield to Him. And there is then the finality of our salvation, our bodies will be saved. Not these earthly bodies, but the Bible says we will receive a new glorified body and the finality of our salvation is known as glorification. So, we are called to be the holy army of God, and we are running a race. We are not drawing back to perdition. We are not drawing back to the old things, the old habits, the old people, places, and things, but we are we are continuing to go forward. We are continuing to believe. We are continuing to walk with the Lord, coming to the finality of our salvation, which is glorification. Either when we breathe our last breath or the Lord returns and catches his church away, we will be like him. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Beloved, again, this is not the time to draw back. It is the time to advance. It is the time to move forward, forward in 2024. Romans 13, 11, and 12. And do this, Paul writing to the Romans, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Wake up, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us what? Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Wow, that's a real strong similarity to what we just saw in Hebrews chapter 10, isn't it? Hebrews chapter 10 again says, we're not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So in other words, we're not those who draw back here in Hebrews 13. It says, not only are we not those who 
draw back. We don't draw back. But we also, we must be those that cast off the works of darkness. Get rid of them. Get rid of the the appearance of evil. Get rid of the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So here it goes a step further. We're not just believing to the saving of our soul, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, but we're putting on the armor of light because we're an army for such a time as this. We're not just uh, not drawing back, but we are getting rid of those things that would entangle us. We are getting rid of those things that would stop us from serving in the army of God the right way. Hallelujah. God is calling for his holy army to arise for such a time as this. Glory to the living God. Did you know that we serve the Lord who is the mighty warrior? He has called us in his army because he is the commander of that army. Exodus chapter 15, starting verse 1, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. And look at verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. You could also say the Lord is the mighty warrior. Some translations say the Lord is the mighty warrior. The Lord is his name. Verse 4. Pharaoh's chariots and his army. He is cast into the sea. He is chosen, his chosen captains also are drowned in the sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And it goes on and on and on. Talking about the Lord is a mighty man of war. The Lord is the mighty warrior. And specifically, the right hand. The right hand speaks of authority. The right hand speaks of prestige. It speaks of power. It speaks of majesty. Who, seat, who is seated at the right hand of the Father? Jesus Christ. So even throughout the Old Testament, there are constant reminders, it's the right hand, the right hand of the Father, the right hand of God. That's powerful because there are many who believe that they're looking for a different Messiah who are Jewish people, but yet throughout all the Old Testament, there are not only Messianic prophecies, but there are little nuggets here and there, little gems, if you will, that point to Jesus Christ. That word, man of war, or that mighty warrior, the the word in Hebrew is milchama. It means war, battle, fighting, warrior, That's what that word means. It comes from the Hebrew root word, lacham, which means to consume, to overcome, to prevail against. So when it says in Exodus chapter 15, verse 3, that the Lord is the mighty warrior, that he is the mighty man of war, it's not just saying that he is the commanding officer. He's got some kind of wonderful military attire on or the sword. He's not just saying that, but it, but it's saying that he is the one who consumes his foes. He is the one that has never lost. He is the one that is altogether victorious. He is the one who prevails over every situation, over every circumstance. We serve the God who is an all-consuming fire. He is the one who's prevailed. He has overcome. The Bible calls the Lord also the Lord of hosts, which is Jehovah Sabaoth. 
Jehovah Sabaoth, Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. See, we are not just soldiers uh, in an army that we don't know who the commanding officer is. Our commanding officer sets the example. The Lord is the mighty man of war. In Revelation 19, 11, now I saw heaven open. The apostle John says right in the Revelation here. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. See, in righteousness, he judges and makes war. There's a righteous aspect to the war that our God wages. See, that's why we can't just decide to wage whatever war we want to, because we don't have plans of redemption when we wage war, but he does, and we serve him in his army. Again, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not called to go out there and start to do anything physically violent. Okay, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty in the spirit for the pulling down of strongholds. So we are in the army of Almighty God. Now, we could be enlisted in our nation's military force and fight to defend our nation and fight to preserve our freedom. All those things may be true, but we also have to understand that our fight overall is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual war. It is a spiritual battle that we need spiritual weapons, brothers and sisters. And we have those weapons in in Ephesians chapter 6. The Lord has said that he's given us the helmet of salvation, uh, which is really helps us to understand we have the mind of Christ. We don't think about these terrible things and we don't let those darts affect our mind that the enemy fires over. We've got a helmet. And we understand that our identity is not in us. Our identity is in Christ because we're saved and because we're joint heirs with him. We have on the breastplate of righteousness that protects our feelings and emotions. We don't have to get all emotional, but we respond in the righteousness of the Lord. We respond in that right standing we have with God. Hallelujah. That right standing that we have with God, it it protects our vital organs. It protects us. It's It's a confidence that we have that we can stand there in a helmet and in a, in a breastplate right before God, not if because of anything we did, but because of everything Jesus Christ did. We have on the belt of truth, which girds us up. We are people who are walking in the absolute truth of God's word, no matter what the media says, no matter what he said, he, she, they, all the pronouns that they have made up, whatever they want to say, right? Now that stuff matters. It's what God's word says. People are entitled to their own opinion, but God's word is absolute truth. So we walk girded up, strengthened, held together, held up by the belt of truth. We have on the shoes of peace, the shoes where we walk. God said, we're a peacemaker wherever we go. We we are called to bring the shalom of God. The shalom is not just a, hey, peace sign, peace, love, joy, everybody. No, it speaks of wholeness. So when we come into a situation, not only are we the light of the world, like Jesus said, I am the light of the world and you also are the light of the world, my followers are, but and not just the salt, but we also are peacemakers. Wherever we go, we bring the shalom of God. We bring the wholeness of God. Then we take up the shield of faith, which can quench the fire darts of the enemy. We don't run and hide. 
when the enemy launches an attack, we raise the shield of faith over our own life, over our spouse, over our kids, over our families. And we take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to even be a discerner of the thoughts and the, the intents of mankind, the Bible says. It's living, it's active, it's not carnal, but it's mighty in the spiritual realm for the pulling down of strongholds. It helps to cast down arguments. It helps to bring down any vain imaginations and anything that would try to exalt itself above the knowledge of the Lord. And the Bible also says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we should pray on all occasions with all types of prayer, standing firm, standing therefore, standing is the army of God, standing in the confidence that we serve the one who is the mighty warrior. We serve the one who is the ultimate general. We serve the one who goes out with the battle cry, who wages war, who destroys the work of darkness. That's why we can say, like King David, what it says in Psalm 144, verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And what is our attitude in all this? It's not one of pride. It's not one of arrogance. It's this. 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We want to walk in purity. We want to walk in humility. We want to walk the right way. We don't want to get involved in drama. We don't want to be a drama mama, you know, come on. And that doesn't mean if you're a girl or a guy, you know, you can get involved in drama. We don't want to entertain this stuff, but we want to Please the Lord who is our commanding officer. Hallelujah. We're reminded in scripture that we are not to be silent, but we are to cry out. We are to roar as the tribe of Judah, the spiritual tribe of Judah, with the commander who is the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 20 verse 9, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart as it were a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am weary with holding it. In, I cannot. Amos chapter 1, verse 2. And he said, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn, and the top of Carmel withers. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. I believe that the Lord is calling some Jonas, go to Nineveh, cry out, lift up your battle cry, do what it says in Isaiah 58, verse 1, cry aloud and spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. I believe that we're to be a witness for the Lord in this time like never before, that we're to walk holy and in purity as soldiers in the army of Almighty God. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, Paul says. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is now laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but all those who have loved his appearing. So, do you hear the call, beloved? Do you hear the call? It's time for the holy army to arise. The mighty warrior, the mighty man of war, the Lord God Almighty is calling his army together. Doesn't matter what denomination you're a part of, all 
that matters is that you love your commanding officer. Like it just said in that scripture we just read that you love his appearing. You look forward to his appearing. You're in love with him. You're, you're watching, you're waiting, you're, you're working, you're serving. You are, you are fulfilling the great commission. You love the Lord so much, it's not religion, it's a relationship. You love the Lord so much, you want to do whatever you can for Him. Because you were living for the kingdom of darkness before you were born again, but now you've been born again. Now you're a new creation in Christ, totally washed, totally redeemed, totally accepted in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you're listening to me and you don't know what I'm talking about, you think, wow, I want to be part of this army, I just don't know how. I want you to think about the fact that you can do nothing to save yourself, you can't keep yourself saved, and you surely can't give yourself a, a glorified body that we don't have now. But there is one that can do those things, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you today, as you're listening to this podcast, whatever nation you're in, just bow your head. And if the Lord is tugging on your heart, if, it, if his goodness and kindness are leading you to repentance, just bow your head and let's agree together. Just say, Father, I thank you that according to your word in John 3.16, you so loved the world, you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but receive everlasting life. Father, I thank you for sending your son. I believe that he died. I believe that you raised him to life. Jesus, I just ask you right now, help me, Lord, save me. I repent, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I repent, I believe, and I trust you today, Lord. I turn from my wicked ways and I turn to you. I want to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven is overjoyed right now because you were lost, but now you're found. Lord Jesus Christ loves you with an everlasting love no matter what you do. But we are called to walk in obedience with him as his disciples. We're his kings and priests. We're his holy army. And so right now, Father, I just pray right now for everyone, Lord, under the sound of my voice. I pray you would touch them. You would strengthen them, Lord. You would help them. Lord, that they would be empowered, strengthened, and encouraged as the army of God more than ever before, Lord. To stand, O God, in your armor. To fight the good fight of faith, O God. To pray on all occasions, O God. And to love you more than they've ever expressed their love to you before. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace. God bless you and your family. Until next time.